Her post was simple. Just make it up. So I started. I'm quitting my job this week. I've had it with this apartment, and I've had it with this town. I'm applying for grants to spend a season in Antarctica. I'm going to fly supply helicopters for a research station and hunt penguins in the off-season. I hit send and immediately felt stupid. I was sitting cross-legged on the bare hardwood floor with a scraped-out bowl of noodles and my laptop glowing next to me. I'd never felt moved to respond to the Craigslist personals I sometimes trawled in my lesser despairs. Most of them were too boring or pitiful or pornographic or self-loathing or a combination of the same. I hoped she'd just ignore my reply, but also hoped against my own hope that she wouldn't. I grabbed a jacket and went out. I made it to the end of the street and, having nowhere to go, turned around and came back. Her answer was there waiting when I arrived. You've got to get out while the getting's good. Myself? I've already signed up to be one of the first Martian colonists. Actually, we're already on Mars. I'm writing you now for my white oblong life support pod. I will never see the Earth again, which also means we will never meet. The dust storms are fierce, but strangely beautiful. I responded right away. A lot like the polar storms, I hear. Not at all, she shot back. But nice try. Things progressed. I gave up on Antarctica, too provincial I'd realized, and wrote that I was exploring other projects. For one, I had recently come into possession of a previously unknown Upanishad. I spend my days at my corral, hunched over my Sanskrit dictionaries, I wrote. The labor is long and the letter forms obscure, but if I'm right, this could blow the lid off everything we know about ultimate reality. I think sometimes you are the only one who appreciates my work. This is great news, she responded. I thought something felt kind of off about it recently. Let me know if you want me to proof anything. Time moves differently on Mars, and I'm struggling to fill the extra forty minutes I find myself with each day. Sometimes days passed between messages. Other times we wrote or texted or chatted. Sometimes dozens of times a day while I was subbing for Jefferson County Public Schools or sitting around a coffee house with my laptop pretending to work or lying on my mattress on the floor of my borrowed apartment, stealing internet from the downstairs tenants. Though eventually the strange beauty of the Martian sandstorms dissipated and she returned to Earth. We never met or even spoke on the phone. A few times she tried to get us to meet up, intimating that she'd found a map to a stash of Krugerrands buried behind the Iroquois Park Amphitheater, or that the table wine at a certain olive garden actually became the literal blood of Jesus. The breadsticks, unfortunately, remained salty and unhost-like, but I always declined. I liked the feeling of our coded messages zipping through the air and the buzz of having a secret in my pocket that was always there and never had to change. That's basically where things stayed until the thing with the fat boy and the air conditioner and the security dog. Around the last week of school, I got one of the calls from the subservice robot that sometimes came when JCPS had extra vacancies. I drove my old Camry wagon through the rust-orange morning to a middle school deep in the county, halfway between Louisville and Fort Knox. 
The school was a brown slab next to a coal plant, and the whole shitty clapboard neighborhood was dusted with a fine layer of coal ash. My eighth-grade class was supposed to be doing a worksheet about convection forces, meaning that they were crumpling up worksheets about convection forces and throwing them on the floor and then snapping their pencils against the black lab tables or yelling at kids on hall break through shatterproof glass. I was on the teacher's ancient tan box of a computer, trying to circumnavigate the school's firewall while also avoiding the teacher's daily Garfield science devotional pop-ups. I gave up and hid my phone just under the lip of the desk in a maneuver I'd learned from spending months around middle school girls. I started pecking out elaborate text messages about the internal affairs investigation I had been pursuing, which was getting stonewalled at every turn.